This is 8 Minutes, a podcast helping you understand the energy and climate challenge in just a few minutes. I'm your host, Paul Schuster. Renewable energy is taking over. The World Economic Forum estimates that solar and wind power is growing at a global rate of 15 to 20% per year, fueled by not only friendly legislation such as the Inflation Reduction Act in the U.S., but by a growing appetite by consumers for clean, carbon-neutral power. And then, on the horizon, is the promise of something even bigger. Clean power that harnesses the same process that the sun uses to create sustainable, zero-emissions electricity for the world. I'm talking, of course, about nuclear fusion. Today, let's dig into the promise and hype of fusion, peel back some of the layers of what it is and is not possible, and even discuss whether it's likely that we'll see commercial power from a fusion reactor in our lifetimes. Eight minutes. How long it takes the sun's rays to Earth, or about how long I spent raking the leaves this weekend. I mean, come on. So many good football games to watch. Can you blame me? Let's get it on. Nuclear fusion has long been something of a silver bullet for both the energy transition and climate change. Imagine an almost infinite power source that can burn clean, carbonless fuel. The challenge? Well, fusion is tough. We've been studying this technology for more than 50 years with only limited success. Recent breakthroughs, though, have raised the hope that maybe, just maybe, we're about to round that proverbial corner. Could the promise of fusion be a reality sometime in the not-so-distant future? To start with, let's clear up some confusion on nuclear fusion versus fission. If you're familiar with today's nuclear industry, you're most likely discussing fission, the act of tearing an atom apart in order to release enormous amounts of energy. This is the process used in nuclear reactors across the world, where uranium atoms are split apart to create energy that then creates steam to power a turbine and create electricity. And yes, It's nuclear fission that's used in nuclear warheads where the corresponding release of energy is far less controlled. Fusion, however, is fission's cousin. Instead of breaking atoms apart, fusion combines atoms to create energy. This is the same process that occurs in the core of our planet's sun, where hydrogen atoms fuse together to form helium and in so doing release massive amounts of energy. The challenge for commercializing fusion, though, has been a technical one. Fusion requires immense heat and pressure to occur. See, a hydrogen atom contains both positively charged protons as well as neutral neutrons. Send two hydrogen atoms at each other and, similar to magnets, the positive charges will repel each other. This is called the Coulomb effect and in order to overcome it, we need to accelerate the hydrogen atoms to super high speeds. But once able to do so, the protons stick to the neutrons and create a new helium atom in the process. But that new atom has some excess neutrons now that make that new atom unstable. As a result, the helium atom sheds the excess neutrons, which is the energy that we can harness for power. Now, while that process can work just fine for a large sun sitting out there in space, Here on Earth, we need to be a bit more careful about colliding and harnessing the power from these reactions, so Earth-side fusion uses plasma as a controlling medium for the reaction. This plasma is superheated to millions of degrees Celsius, and it's the control of the plasma that's been the primary technological barrier that organizations have been trying to overcome. But it appears that the decades of research and trials may be paying off. 
In December of last year, the U.S. announced that they had achieved the first successful trial of nuclear fusion ignition. So what is that? Well, the plasma and the super high intensity laser beams used for fusion take a lot of power. So fusion isn't very helpful to us if the power being created is less than the power being used to create it in the first place. But if the fusion power can exceed the input power, well, that's called ignition. And the National Ignition Facility at Lawrence Livermore on December 5th of 2022 stirred global excitement when they shot 192 high-powered lasers at a fuel pellet of hydrogen and created fusion ignition for the first time. Lawrence Livermore followed that up with a second successful ignition test in July of 2023. And then China announced just a week or so ago that their own massive test, building upon the success of others, scaled up the amount of excess energy being captured. So we're on our way, right? Well, in the famous words of Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. For while the NIF was able to technically create more energy than what went into the process originally, the excess energy wasn't quite big enough to feed back on itself and create the next round of fusion energy. That self-sustaining process, where the nuclear reaction feeds back on itself and becomes its own kind of burning mini-sun, that's the holy grail of the industry. And we're still a long ways away from getting to that objective. But the NIF tests were a big step. And now there is a lot of money starting to flow into commercial fusion as a maybe somewhat kind of viable fuel. In December of 2021, Commonwealth Fusion Systems raised $1.8 billion in funding to build a reactor prototype. And TAT Technologies out of California raised around $1.2 billion for its own technology. And then there was the somewhat surprising announcement from Microsoft last year that they had entered into an advanced market commitment with a company called Helion to deliver fusion power to the technology giant by 2030. Wait, what? Did we just go from having spent decades and decades of research to get a tiny glimmer of hope in fusion, and now we've got companies promising commercialization within the next seven years? Well, let's unpack this, because Helion and their peers may be doing something a bit different than the NIF. For one thing, the NIF experiments are using giant lasers to fuse their hydrogen isotopes together. The Helion technology uses a process called magneto-inertial fusion. Rather than fire giant lasers at a cylinder of hydrogen, the MIF process uses magnets to compress plasma down to fusion-like conditions. And then... The second thing that's different from NIF is that the helium machine uses pulses of the MIF process to create fusion, and instead of using that excess energy to reignite the hydrogen and create that self-sustaining process, the helium system simply harnesses the released energy directly and translates that into power. It's actually not trying to achieve ignition. It's just using the excess power directly. And well, that process may be closer to commercialization. Helion is into their seventh prototype of the system, and smarter minds than me at Microsoft were obviously enthralled enough by their results to provide them with their advanced market commitment. Which brings us to separating the hype from the reality of fusion. For one thing, self-sustaining Tony Stark-style reactors, they aren't here yet, and probably won't be here for a couple more decades. The promise of clean, infinite power may still be a ways out. But Helion, Commonwealth, TAT, these companies may be closer to releasing an interim step that could deliver us fusion power sometime in the next decade. <laughs>
which is in itself remarkable. I'm Paul Schuster, and this has been your 8 Minutes. Thank you.